Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Anna. I'm here with my friend, Jenny, and we are going to be talking about applesauce today. Um, for many of you, you have obviously tasted applesauce and maybe you have made it, but we are going to talk about it because Jenny absolutely loves applesauce. So I will be kind of like interviewing her and figuring out maybe where I'm going wrong because I have made applesauce and canned it before in large quantities and it is sat on our shelf like nobody's eaten it. So I am so excited to pick Jenny's brain and figure out, Jenny, how did you like love applesauce? What got you into this? So applesauce for me was the gateway to canning. So I grew up in a family that canned And then as a teen, of course, I don't know a whole lot of teens that can. But then when I was pregnant with my first child, I was now looking back. Now I've realized what was happening. I was nesting and I was like obsessed. I was like, I have to have some food for this baby to eat, which is so ridiculous because of course the baby (laughs) is not going to eat anything for months and months. That was so silly of me. But I uh, immediately was obsessed with the idea that I needed to start canning. So I was, you know, good and like, you know, five months pregnant or whatever in the fall. And the first thing that I canned as a grown up was applesauce. And uh, I live in a place where there's abundant apple trees on our family ranch. My great grandmother had planted apples. And so I have apple trees around and I canned applesauce as my very first thing that I canned. And I canned a lot of it because I was in mama mode, right? And I mean, I did make a lot of mistakes my first season there, right? But I did can a lot of it and I got pretty dang good at it. And I've canned a lot of it over the years. And it's one of my very favorite things to can for many reasons. One, I think it's a very easy beginner preserve. You can make it with just one ingredient. You can make it with just apples, or you can church it up and make it with lots of different add-ins. You can do it with a variety of different tools, depending on what you have available to you. And you can be kind of get fancy with it, or you can be pretty low tech with how you prepare it. And it's one of the many It's one of the preserves that can carry a lot of family tradition, and I like it too because it can be a really healthful and useful pantry staple that you can use not just to eat, obviously just straight out of the jar, but you can bake with it. We'll talk about all the different ways you can cook with it. It's just it's a superstar canning item. It's it's something that like I'm glad that we're recording this now so that you listeners can start out your canning season. In thinking like, okay, as soon as apples are available in my area, you you want to try applesauce, even if you're not 
totally sure, you know, who's going to eat applesauce. It's an easy preserve that will really help you get good at several canning specific techniques. I love it. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think it's so simple and it like gives you a big win. Yes. So Jenny, tell us about the best tools for success when you're canning applesauce, because I know there's one specific tool that you love. Hmm. So the, the most basic thing, okay, that for most canning projects is you're going to need a, a large heavy bottomed pot. And we say heavy bottom because that prevents the heat from getting too hot and burning your apples or your preserve at the bottom, right? So you just have one big pot in which that you'll add your probably a little bit of water or maybe some fruit juice and your apples while it's cooking low and slow. And that's a given for many, many preserving recipes. The tool that I love that for many preserving projects that you may not have already, but you may seek out is called a food mill. I was given my food mill by my dear friend, also named Anna, for my baby shower. And it's an OXO, O-X-O brand food mill. And they're an analog device. It kind of looks like a saucepan, but instead of a, a smooth bottom, it has a a, a food plate or like a, a grate, right? And you put your hot, soft, cooked apples, chunks of apples or potatoes or cooked carrots or cooked anything in the top and then spin the handle on top and then a blade presses that cooked food against that grate and the seeds, stems, cores, and rough bits stay on top and then soft and perfectly pureed apples or whatever falls through the bottom. It's like it has no electrical parts. It's always going to work. It's easy to take apart and put in the dishwasher. It's very low tech, but it's very effective. It's not heavy. It's super easy to use. And it just works like a treat. It just is so perfect for applesauce. By using a food mill, when you are preparing your apples, all you have to do is wash and quarter them. You don't have to peel and core them, which is a very time-consuming step, right? So when I'm making my applesauce, I just wash them and quarter them and put them in the pot with some a little bit of water. And as they're cooking, they get soft. And then when they're soft enough, you know, soft enough that when I press with the back of a spoon, they're just as cooked as a mashed potato would be, like your potatoes are when you want to mash them. Pretty soft. Yeah. Then I ladle them into my food mill set on top of another bowl. And then I spin the food mill. And then all the peels and stems and cores and seeds stay on top. And then the bottom is perfectly smooth applesauce. So you don't have to use a food mill. And that's jumping ahead to the steps to create applesauce. But the food mill is like bang on the best tool that I love for making applesauce. And like how, just to give our listeners an idea about how much does a food mill cost? Mm, that's a great question. And I'm going to look it on Amazon right this second. Mine was a gift and the baby food one was more expensive. I remember the baby food one had a lime green trim. It was white with lime green and the white one with black 
is a little bit bigger. So I would go with that one. Like it's a little bit bigger, not a lot. And that one is 50 bucks on Amazon. I think it's worth it. They're really good. There's other brands that are a little bit less expensive, probably also very good and a little bit smaller. And they're also a thing that I'm sure you could buy or thrift or buy used. They're a thing that if you get a metal one, I mean, they're going to last and work forever. And a good one comes with three different discs so that you could choose between super, super, super fine puree or like a chunkier puree. And you would choose that based on your preferences or the type of food that you're pureeing. So you can get as fine as like removing the seeds out of raspberries if you really wanted to do that. I wouldn't, but you know, you could. Okay. I love the idea of a food mill. I I think I had one when the kids were babies, but it it was more like smaller one, you know, that you would just do like mm-hmm. maybe single or double serving or something. Like I just, I think it would be better to have like a, like you said, a better one. Yeah. There are other types of food mills as well. And those work in a very similar fashion, and I'm sure they would be equally as good. So I would recommend to our listeners, try whatever one that you have access to and see how you like it. Yeah, that's perfect. And and that's like with any cooking tool, right? Like you want to find the one that works for you that works the best. Mm-hmm. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. Okay, so you kind of went over a little bit of the steps of canning applesauce. So you boil it in your heavy bottom stock pot with a little bit Mm -hmm. of water. How long do you usually cook yours? That's a great question. I think you shouldn't get too hung up on how long to cook it. Like, it depends on a lot of things, including the ripeness of your apples. And I tend to cook a little bit thinner of an applesauce. And you can cook it down longer so that it is thicker if you desire. Also, your applesauce will be thicker if you, depending on the variety of the apple, and it also will be thicker depending if you add sugar. I don't think I've ever added sugar to my applesauce. You certainly could, but I never, I mean, truly never have I ever. Uh, And I don't think it's necessary. Apples are very sweet, especially cooked apples. Yeah. But I would say generally, if I quarter my apples and then I only add enough water so that the tops of the apples are about covered, so they're just, you know, just barely floating. And sometimes I add a little bit of water in the cooking process. I cook them on medium high until they are soft enough to put through the food mill. If you don't have a food mill and that's not the process you're going to use, you will peel and core them first. And you can include softer spots, but obviously (laughs) remove um, any really bruised and or rotten spots. And if you are not using a food mill that you would you would mash them like with a potato masher or you could mash you could puree them with a blender. You could there's a million different ways you could make that sauce, right? You could sauce them any way you wanted. An immersion blender is probably what I would use if I didn't have a food mill. And then once you have that puree, then the next step is incorporating any of the fun add-ins 
that you might want to include. And I made a little list of the ones that you are, you know, that you could add in. One that you could add in would be like a quarter of a cup of whiskey. If you include alcohol of any kind in your canned products, the heat of the cooking process boils off the alcohol content and what you're left with is the flavor. So you that's an optional thing, of course, and it's safe for safe in the sense that all the alcohol is cooked off. One add-in that is fun is the little tiny old-fashioned red hot candies because they have a little bit of that, now we know it's not good for you, the red food coloring <laughs> and the cinnamon taste the cinnamon flavoring. So a little bit of like a, I don't know, a tablespoon of Red Hots in your applesauce. It gives it the cinnamon taste and the coloring, the spicy, that's good, or any cinnamon candies. Now, you know, to be uh, more modern, a few drops of cinnamon essential oil goes a really long way in applesauce, gives it a really great flavor. Yeah. If you feel like your apples are on the tart side and or maybe like a little bit flat tasting. I felt like there was one tree of my mom's. I was like, these apples don't give, I think it hadn't frozen yet. So the apples just didn't have that great flavor I was looking for. You can include fruit juice, like pineapple juice or apple juice or another fruit juice to improve the flavor. Mm. When you're cooking the apples, you can include pears or peaches or other fruit, but just know that something that is making applesauce the way applesauce is, is its high pectin content, which Anna, you're going to talk about in a little bit, but pears and peaches both have no pectin practically, right? So your sauce is going to be soft, really soft. So if you're making this for kids, both my sister and I have have done this. Like every year we've done this, we make it for the kids. We've put in pears and peaches because that's what's also getting ripe at the same time, right? You're just putting together this fruit sauce that you're going to feed the kids all winter. And it's, you know, it's so healthy and it's so good, but it's just very soft and like very saucy. And even if you cook it a long time, it's just never as stiff and easy for a kid to eat as if it were all apples. And it's just the, the pectin content. You can include pectin. In your applesauce, you can add pectin, store-bought pectin, into your applesauce or add in, you know, a cheesecloth bag with lemon peels and or lemon seeds. You can you can add in pectin artificially if you add in those low pectin fruits. But then that's, I mean, you have to add that, is, I guess is what I'm saying. So if you add in other fruit, blueberries, strawberries, pears, peaches, all the things that a mom wants to include in her baby food, go ahead and do it. But just know when you're spoon feeding <laughs> that little that little toddler, it's going to be messier. So uh, just know that that pectin is helping you. <laughs> so the less of it you have, you're going to want to add it in artificially or just know it's going to be softer on the spoon. And I'm sure our listeners might have this question as well, which is what type of apples can I use for applesauce? And I've always used like a combination of types of apples, like some tart, some really sweet, some medium, like, I don't know. I just like a, a mixture of apples to give it a varied flavor. That's a great question. So I think that a, a variety is a great choice. And also this is a great recipe to... We always say don't use bargain basement junk produce for canning, but you can 
use fruit that maybe isn't quite as crisp and delicious for an eating apple and they like a baking apple would be okay of an apple that's not quite as crisp makes a great applesauce the green granny smith apples are more tart but cooked in an applesauce that can give a really good flavor so i think a mix can be really good but cooked in applesauce guys you're going to have a hard time telling the difference really like from yeah from one mix of apples to another. I think I think the best applesauce is is a mix. If you have access to a mix, I would use a mix. Yeah. And I I've said that about apple cider as well. Like we have a press and it's always better to do different types of apples in it just because it gives it more mm-hmm. of a complex flavor and I think that's the same with applesauce. You don't want just like one flavor note. Mm, I'm so glad you said that about cider. Uh, I I didn't write that down. I'm glad you mentioned that. So when you crush apples for cider or for apple juice, if you are crushing them, then you're left with all those hunks of apples. A great thing to do with all those apples is to sauce them, to make apple sauce. And that's actually what we do when we Mm. make apple juice with the apple crusher is you have all these crushed apples left. You put them in a pot cover with water, cook them down, then you use the food mill because then it'd be it'd be a nightmare to try and peel those crunched up apples. You don't even have that easy apple, a right. whole apple to peel anymore. That is a great, yeah. I mean, you do have to have helping hands, right? If you're doing this, it would be hard to, it'd be challenging to do it all alone, but you would have, you'd be canning your apple juice and be doing the applesauce at the same time. That'd be a great, a great, full day of uh of canning but that would be really productive yeah i think you're right like it it would be uh, like whenever i do it with our friends we usually have like a group Mm -hmm. of us and we're all just helping and washing the apples and prepping them for the press and then having somebody on the other side with a pot that they can put the apples in and uh that's really cool that's like that hits my heart it's like what community should be about Totally, totally. Anna, tell us about baking with applesauce and using applesauce in different ways besides just eating it. Yeah, so I uh, I looked up, there was a recipe or an article on yumly.com and it was 20 recipes with applesauce that are awesome to the core. And it just kind of talks about how like apple pie filling may get the attention, but, but applesauce can actually be used in a myriad of ways, including uh, as an egg replacer. So if you are in a situation where you don't have access to fresh eggs, you can use one quarter cup of unsweetened applesauce to replace each large egg in a recipe. Applesauce adds moisture. And also because of the pectin that's in it, it acts as a binder and helps add structure. The only difference between eggs and apple, well, one of the differences between eggs and applesauce is that eggs are powerful leaveners. So you might want to add, you know, not replace more than one or two eggs in your recipe. Or if you do, you can experiment by adding a half to one teaspoon of baking powder to the recipe to see if it would help. Also, another difference is that applesauce will be sweeter So maybe reducing the amount of sugar that you need in that recipe because eggs obviously aren't sweet like applesauce is. So, you know, just think about that. Applesauce can also be a replacement for some of the butter or oil 
in your recipes. Mm -hmm. But just know that you may end up with gummy or oversweet baked goods if you put too much in. Mm -hmm. So those are just some things to keep in mind if you're doing replacements in your baking with applesauce. So I'm so glad you said that about replacing one egg with a quarter cup of applesauce because you can yield a quarter cup of an applesauce really easily. I mean, you can make a lot of applesauce without that much effort. You know what I mean? Like you can pick an apple without a ton of effort yeah. if you're if you're picking apples, right? Like it, it's that that's not that much effort really. And if you're in the wintertime and your hens aren't laying, let's say that you are a person who keeps chickens, that's a pretty easy swap, especially in like if you're baking muffins or pancakes or something that that leans a little sweet. That is an easy, easy swap, I feel like. That isn't, that doesn't have a high cost. Those are great tips. I wanted to mention the processing time. So we didn't give a quote recipe for applesauce because it truly can be just apples and water. And I would just say as much as you have room for in your pot or as or as little, you can, you can cook a small amount. Yeah. But it's 15 minutes in a water bath for a pint up to 6,000 feet and over 6,000 feet, it's 20 minutes in a pint. Is that right, Anna? So it's 15 up to 1,000 feet, 1,001 feet up to 6,000 is 20. Oh. And then anything over 6,000 feet is 25. Yeah. Great. Glad you have that right in front of you. <laughs> so it's not a super long processing time. It's pretty quick, really. Yep. And you can even um, pressure can this. It's a lot shorter, but just know that if you pressure can, you will have that time that it takes to bring it up to pressure and then to come down from pressure. So even though it's, you know, for a pint, it's eight minutes or yeah, between eight and 10 minutes. If you're using a pint or a quart, just know that it's going to take a little bit more time for that to come up to pressure. And then I wanted to mention something about canning applesauce in jars or the, the type of jars that you can can them in. I tinkered around a lot when my kids were really small in the size of jars that would be the most useful to me. So I know it is more batches to can in smaller jars, but I found it really useful to can applesauce in wide mouth half pint jars. That's one measuring cup of applesauce because that is the amount of applesauce my kids would eat when they were five, six, seven years old. It was so handy because then I wasn't dirtying another dish. I would just open the jar and then this is what they ate. Like that's the serving of applesauce for lunch. Like that's what you're going to eat. That's it. Eat it. And then that dish was washed. I didn't have to ladle it out. I didn't have to get another. It was just, it was so handy. I found that to be useful. Of course, I mean, you can in whatever jars you got, but I just really liked it. Even if it was more batches for me to preserve that way, I really liked doing it. And you can do even teeny tiny jars, the little bitty four ounce jars, if you wanted to just like test it out or just see and have little bitty, little bitty jars, which is really cute and, and sweet for little tiny servings. <laughs> I love that. I love that you have thought of that, you know, like that I don't have to dirty another <laughs> dish that I can just put it right in the dishwasher. Like it's so smart and it's really how we should be canning because a lot of times when I did can applesauce, I did it in pint jars and like half of it would sit in the fridge for weeks and weeks and then it would get moldy and I'd be like, why isn't anyone eating this? <laughs> so that's smart. Yeah. If your fam's not into it, that's, that's, 
you know, so that's just the break. Sometimes your kids don't love the things you can. That's <laughs> that's part of it. It happens to everybody. But I think with some of these tips, I hope some of you guys are going to love canning applesauce this season. I know I canned a ton of it. My family does like it. Uh, now that they're bigger, they're like, I think my kids kind of are like, oh, it's baby food now a little bit. <laughs> but you can't go wrong with having a few jars on your shelf because you can bake with it. I certainly will eat it for lunch sometimes. I mean, just having quick, easy something fruit to eat, like you can't go wrong with it. It's really good. But I hope this episode was helpful to everybody eager to start canning. It's an easy one for beginners. It's an easy win. And I hope this helps. All right, guys, that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us at the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. Make sure to download our episodes. They come out weekly on Wednesdays. Have a good week. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.